And welcome back to another edition of Football Game Plan's Best Bets, the Best Bets podcast here on the Football Game Plan Podcast Network. I'm Emery Hunt, the Zara, the Playbook. Join with me as always is Chris James. Follow him on Twitter at CJ49. And Gene Clemens, follow him on Twitter at Gene Clemens. And you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. Or you can find it on our SoundCloud page, which is located at soundcloud.com slash fbgppodcast. If you're not familiar with what we do here at Best Bets, we give you our best bets for the NFL and college football this upcoming weekend. And as always, we will start things off with the college football scene, and I will kick things off taking a look at the biggest game that's taking place out here at Yankee Stadium, Syracuse, and Notre Dame. You know, I find it interesting that they are going to – UCF. It's funny how ESPN creates the drama and then uh, feeds into it by going there with college game day when they should be here at Yankee Stadium because you have a ranked Syracuse team that's pretty good and Notre Dame that's in the top four. So Notre Dame is 10 and a half point favorites in this ball game, but it's a big game, big atmosphere. I still don't know how healthy Ian Book is and Brandon Wimbush, while he's a very good runner, is okay as a passer. I, I would say this game is going to you, – it's best to see all the tricks on the table in this ball game. You're going to see Dino Babers and, and Syracuse really open it up to try to make this statement in a spotlight game. So I would say take Syracuse in the points. This one will be a lot closer than people uh, think. It's a, very, it's a very good bet, Ian. I actually was wondering about the game. I, I don't quite understand – um, why Notre Dame's getting so much love, um, you know, without the without knowing the health of Ian Book um, on the line. I, I mean, because they beat Florida State. Well, everybody's beating Florida State, so that's not that's not really saying much on what you should or should not be. Um, for me, I, I, I want to go to a game. Well, first off, I want to start by saying, you know, all shout out to Alabama all year. If you've been betting with Alabama all year, you've been making money with Alabama all year. Um, but but that being said, that Bama line this this week, even that line, I can't even think about touching. Um, you know, at at fifty something and a half points, fifty what was it, fifty two and a half? I think was the last time I saw it. You know, even at that, I can't I can't touch it. But it's it's tempting because they've just been so good at it this year and so good at covering. Um, for me, I'm gonna look at the MAC and and I love the MAC because the MAC usually has um, comes down to haves and have nots and um, the have not this year for sure is Kent State. Um, everybody that Kent State's been playing has been waxing Kent State, and while Toledo isn't as good as Toledo normally is, they're still. A, a, a really competitive um, ball club that's going to look to um, get a, a an in-conference win versus Kent State. Um, Toledo's laying 13 points um, right now, and I think that that's a, that's a good lay because I think they'll beat Kent State um, by at least 21 points. So I would say take Toledo and, and give up those 13. You know, Kent State hasn't really produced much since they had Dre Archer on the field years ago, so – this is this is a this is a pretty safe bet considering how they performed this year. Uh, I'm actually going to go to the game that Emory mentioned as far as being the the game of the week that uh, ESPN is going to be at, and I think that's just a play because of everything that's happened around UCF and the fact that they've won so many games in a row that didn't make it into the 
playoff last year. Uh, so UCF is, is hosting the game. ESPN is going to be there in Orlando, you know, vacation spot. I think this is a perfect recipe for UCF under first-year head coach Josh Heupel. It's actually dropped one to a better-than-recognized Cincinnati team. This is a Cincinnati team that's won some pretty solid games this year. They've blown some teams out. They blew out Navy. You know, USC is not the same team that they've been in the past, but they beat them earlier this year. I think the Cincinnati team is aggressive. I think they get after UCF. And UCF has not been putting up the type of fight that they did last year, a lot of close victories this year. If Cincinnati doesn't win outright, they'll definitely cover that seven-point spread as their seven-point underdog, so take Cincinnati in the points. I'm going with my Raging Cajuns here as they take on South Alabama, a place I know very well. And when you look at the Cajuns, they're one win away from bowl eligibility. South Alabama is a young football team, uh, second-year head or new year, first-year head coach, um, came from Central Arkansas, and right now the South Alabama squad is a young team. They're still trying to figure things out in this new scheme. The Cajuns can run the heck out of the football. They go three deep in the backfield, and Trey Regas, who I think is the better back, is probably third right now because he's losing ground to guys that have just gone out of, out of control on the field the last couple of weeks. So they are 17-point favorites in this ball game Now, normally the Cajuns' defense is something that you can't trust, but in this ball game, one game away from bowl eligibility, I'm going with the Cajuns here and that running game. So I would say lay the points with my Raging Cajuns in this one. And it, it's always great to watch the, the Raging Cajuns once they get into conference play and they stop having to be the sacrificial lamb for um, high major teams. And you can really get a chance to see what they can do um, with, with against light competition. Um, for me, I look at, a, at two teams that are playing really well um, this year, Virginia – who um, seems to have found a way to kind of stabilize and they have things going in the right direction now under new leadership. Um, and Georgia Tech, who came out the gate really slow, really bad, and um, has been able to turn it around and kind of get back to the essence of who they are. Um, the reason I like Georgia Tech giving this seven on the road is because of the run game. And I look back at, Virginia, when they had to play against another really good running game in Pittsburgh, they just got absolutely ate up, I believe, 200-plus, um, almost 300 yards rushing to Pittsburgh. I don't see anything changing versus Georgia Tech. They haven't seen a triple option team um, this year. They haven't been able to prepare for um, that style of offense for long. They've had to come off of an, another week from another opponent and it's not like they're so good that they can overlook people and just think about Georgia Tech. Um, you know how it goes with service academies. It's the same thing when you play Georgia Tech. There'll there'll be no you blowing them out, but they can definitely put one on you if you're not on top of your game. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I, I like Georgia Tech, and I'm giving the seven on the road. You know the game inside the game. If you struggle against a certain run team. And you have to face, like you said, that triple option attack. If your ends are not responsible, you don't maintain integrity, you'll get gashed, you'll lose big, and they won't even have to throw the ball. I'm actually going to go to a conference that I seem to pick every week, the SEC. Last week I gave you a win in the SEC. I'm going to go with a team that started off pretty uh, poorly, but they're starting to catch their, uh, you know, they're starting to look a lot better. Uh, that's the Tennessee Volunteers. They're hosting the Missouri 
Tigers. And Drew Locke, who people uh, believe is an NFL franchise quarterback. I think this is a week where Tennessee continues what they did last week against Kentucky. That was not a fluke. Maybe the score to some extent was, but I think Tennessee gets the, the outright win. The funny part is Tennessee is their seven-point home dogs. I don't trust Missouri going there and putting up a lot of points. Tennessee gets after them, gets a close victory at home. So that seven points is almost a gift, in my opinion. I'm going to move on to the NFL now and looking at a game here, Dallas and Atlanta. The Cowboys are three-and-a-half-point underdogs, and I know it's easy to look at what the Cowboys did last week and also look at what the Falcons did last week. I think you can toss out what the Falcons did last week as an anomaly. They just got beaten every facet by the Cleveland Browns, so I think they're a lot better than what they showed last Sunday, and I think the Cowboys are more what they showed Sunday versus Philadelphia as opposed to what people are trying to say they are or not. So with all that being said and that being the backdrop, I think this game will go to who has the better defense, and that clearly favors the Dallas Cowboys. So I would say when you look at the running game, their ability to throw the football both intermediate and also downfield with Dak, their franchise quarterback, Dak Prescott, uh, and with the, the better defense, I would say take Dallas in the points in this ballgame. I'm definitely inclined to go with you on this one, um, E. I just don't see Atlanta stopping the run game of Dallas, especially if they're employing Ezekiel Elliott like he should be employed. Another running game I expect to see in full, um, you know, in full bloom this week is the Carolina Panthers looking for a bounce back game um, against Detroit. Quiet as it's kept, like the, you know, people people talk about you can't. They talked about Cam Newton having an off game, but they talked about the the offense didn't really play that bad versus Pittsburgh. Their their defense was just absolutely atrocious. And, and and it was a snowball effect. And once it got out of hand, they just kind of shut it down. And, you know, people were human beings. But I think this week, a game that they need to get in order to make sure they don't lose um, touch with the other teams in their division, um, especially the Saints, I think they're going to be inspired to go and play um, in Detroit. And I just don't like what Detroit's doing right now. I don't, I don't think Detroit has a legitimate identity. And I think Carolina comes in and, and probably puts a nice little beating on them. So I'm going to take Carolina on the road, giving that four points. Yeah, the opponent drives that one, although that point spread makes me nervous because it's almost that trap game scenario. But you're right, Gene. Carolinas they're more talented. They're the best player who will be on the field in Cam Newton. They've had the extra couple of days to prepare for a Detroit team that seems to be pretty much mailing it in. Uh, so I agree with you on that pick. I'm actually going to go and stay in Detroit's division in a divisional matchup on Sunday Night Football. Now, we know my opinion on Kirk Cousins. I'll leave that be. But that being said, I think that the Minnesota Vikings, who have struggled to get W's in Chicago historically, actually get one here. I think Everson Griffin being back, the way Daniel Hunter's playing off the other edge, these guys are getting after it. Mr. Trubisky has not faced a lot of pressure during his excellent run that everyone's talking about. If you watch the games, it has not been what it's being uh, purported as. He's played C-level football with A-level stats. I think that the Vikings get after him. Therefore, Cousins doesn't have to do a lot. Delvin Cook is back. They're two-and-a-half-point underdogs. I think they go in there and they run shop, and I think they end up winning by like seven to ten points. 
in a Sunday night matchup? Well, I'm going to go with the game right before that Sunday night matchup, another spotlight game, the Fox game of the week, and that's the Saints and the Eagles. And the Saints right now are nine-point favorites. Uh, depending on when you're looking, they're eight-point favorites on ESPN, but nine-point favorites on sports line. So let's just settle it in at eight and a half, right? And I think when you look at New Orleans, their offense, I think uh, going up against that Eagles depleted secondary, I think Malcolm Jenkins is the only one that's healthy right now on the back end. That's a problem against the Saints passing game. Regardless if you have uh, Brandon Marshall, Des Bryant, it doesn't matter who's the second receiver outside of Michael Thomas. It doesn't matter. I think what's going to happen, the Saints will get out to a fast start. Carson Wentz in the passing game will come roaring back, and the Saints will put up another touchdown late to where this one gets to about a 10-point lead, a comfortable lead. It, it won't be in doubt. I do believe the Saints will cover. I think they can win by 10 points over the, over the Eagles. So I would say later points with the Saints. And, and another one, the Saints are rolling right now. Um, the Eagles' defense is just, I mean, especially in the secondary, which is where you do, don't want to be versus um, New Orleans depleted. Um, the pass rush will be, I think, will be an issue for the Saints. Um, we'll see how they pick up that pass rush. But I, I'm inclined to believe what you're saying, E, that, that the Saints keep rolling here. And they, they may not blow them out, but they may do just enough to cover um, that spread for me. On my last game, I I look at Houston, and I wonder why Houston doesn't get more respect. Um, I I look at this spread, Houston at Washington, and we we know that Washington is is in disarray. They barely beat a a Buccaneers team that's all but melted in uh, with what they're doing and and the amount of injuries that they've had and the disarray that their offense is in because they don't want to play the person they probably should be playing because they think that the other guy is going to keep going to help them keep their job. Um, Houston's a really good team with really good weapons that should be even better the more um, that they get comfortable with each other. And yet they're only in a two and a half favorite. And I'm like, Washington's not really a tough place to play. And so when I when I look at that and I look at how Washington's playing right now, this is probably the the worst we've seen Alex Smith play since. Uh, I mean, San Francisco days, it, it, like he, he hasn't been he hasn't been good and people act like he's some type of savior. He hasn't been very good. And now he's going to go up against a better defense and an offense that I don't think that as much as I like Washington's defense, I don't think the defense is going to be able to hold down um, those boys all day. So I'll give up that two and a half um, because Houston's known for winning tight ball games. And I think they'll easily win this one, um, but at least by a field goal. Yeah, there is no tougher team, and maybe I'm just doing this off the dome, there is no tougher team to actually set a line for this year than the Washington Redskins. Uh, This is a team that will go and blow a game they should easily win against the Colts and lose by double digits. But then they'll come back and they'll beat the Carolina Panthers at Carolina. They'll – not dominate the Bucks from a yard standpoint, but end up only giving up three points. So it's hard to set a line for them. I agree with you. There's no reason for Houston not to cover this two and a half, but it's just, I imagine it's going to be hard to set a line for that Skins team that seems to do all sorts of weirdness. My last game is going to be what some people are calling the game of the year. Uh, it's supposed to be p- played internationally, uh, but stadium conditions forced it back to L.A., uh, so people think that's really a big deal, them having to go to play in L.A. With all due respect, that's not a home field advantage for either of the L.A. teams. 
And I will say this, other than the team that Emory listed earlier, the only team playing better football in the NFL than the Saints is the Kansas City Chiefs. If you look at what happened in that first quarter against the, the New England Patriots in their only loss, they should have gotten blown out. And you know what happened? Patrick Mahomes and company made that a game that had to be won late, 43-40. I know that the, the Rams are the Rams, but with the injuries that they have in their secondary, the injuries to Cooper Cup is bigger than people want to make it out to be. I actually think the Chiefs put up a crap ton of points and end up winning this game, not only covering the three points that they're being given, but they went outright in a shootout, 41 38. You, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Gene brought up the, the Alabama game, and I just looked at the line. Alabama is 51 and a half point favorites against the Citadel. That's one I would agree with Gene and, and stay completely away from because one, the Citadel runs the option. Two, Alabama is great. So you don't know if Citadel is going to be able to hold the football a little bit long and it'll be one of them slow, powerful blowouts, or will Alabama just sprint out to a fast start? And how long will the starters to play? So that game right there is, is a one to definitely say. Well, I'll, I'll give an upset pick. Colgate will beat Army. Colgate right now is undefeated. They're 9-0. and um, They're only giving up 3.2 yards or 3.2 points a game, five defensive shutouts, and only giving up 1.9 yards a carry rushing. That's exactly what you want to hear when you're playing a triple option team. And they are built the same way up front along the, both sides of the line of scrimmage. So I think Colgate they've can, only given up one touchdown. Like they've only given up one touchdown in what six weeks or something like that. Weeks, and that was yeah. Lehigh last week. Last week, and <laughs> matter of fact, when Lehigh scored early, they were so pissed they blocked the extra point. So yeah, they were like, "Oh, oh, you going to try to embarrass us?" <laughs> right. Like, it, it was no. Crazy. They're, they're really good. They're it'll really good. it'll be interesting to see because I really like I really like what Army has done. So it'll be a really intriguing game because I Army has has clearly made themselves the class of the the you know the service academies on right now they're holding the mantle and so I agree with you it's definitely a game that could be an upset or it could be a game that just shows that they're maybe not at that level um, so I'll, I'll be looking it'll be a really interesting game to watch. It's funny how they how Army slowly has overtaken Navy for that team navy was that team for about a decade and now army the last two to three years has quietly been that team um and i like the little quarterback too davidson he can actually throw so that adds another element to their game this one is is going to be a really good football game in my opinion is is this one of those things and i hate to like you know point out coaching but is this one of those things where we say you know what everybody who thought ken near montalolo was the next great thing, um, it, he, he hasn't been able to keep it going like, like Paul Johnson was able to keep it going when he was there. Um, and, and, and I think that that's something to be said. Like when you're able to um, keep that thing rolling, even when you don't have a Keenan Rillums, um, it, is, is something I've, I've, been, I've always been impressed with um, Paul Johnson about. Um, he, Ken's going to have to get on his game. I, I like him as a coach, but... You know, he had an op- he had some opportunities to leave and take some other jobs, and he didn't. And I think that he kind of like he kind of hedged his bets. Like, eh, maybe, maybe I want to stay in the comforts of of Navy, on um, where they love me at. And he may have just it may have just been the best thing for him. 
Yeah, sometimes you do stay at a place too long. I saw that happen with my Raging Cajuns with Coach Hudspit. He probably should have left when his name was hot, stayed too long, and ended up getting fired. So, And you're yep, right about the yep. Keaton Reynolds thing. You see Army goes from uh, Ahmad Bradshaw, who was phenomenal, to now this, this kid, Kevin Davidson, who is looking to be probably better than uh, uh, Ahmad Bradshaw. So, but – all said and done, guys. Remember, bet responsibly. Follow Gene on Twitter at Gene Clemens. Follow Chris on Twitter at CJFlorida9. I'm Emory Hunt at F- Ball Game Plan. Again, subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating. And also, don't forget to check out the SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com slash FBGP podcast. We will talk to you guys next week.